it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. I spent most of my life as an emotional eater. And for the first half, I didn't even know it. I honestly had no idea. I just thought I loved food or was addicted to it or addicted to sugar or something, right? That's what I really believed. And then I started trying to train for a figure competition in 2008, where I had no choice but not to touch the things that I relied on. And emotionally, I fell apart. I was struggling so hard with the cravings and obsessive thoughts about food. I mean, some of that obviously was also caused by the restriction of the diet, as I've talked about before. But um, what I didn't realize initially was that it was also because I had removed my go-to coping strategy. I started noticing that the days that I was allowing myself to, quote, cheat and eat the things that I wanted... Emotionally, I felt like I had my shit together on those days. The days that I was on track, I was a hot mess emotionally. One big walking raw nerve. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm going to dive into emotional eating a little bit for you, specifically what it is, what it isn't, and what I did to stop. So I used to describe it as feeling like I was emotionally itchy or something. It was like having this itch that that I couldn't scratch from like way down deep within me if I wasn't using food to cope with everything, you know, when I was trying to, quote, stay on track and follow my diet. And after a few months of watching this pattern, right, the pattern where if I was, quote, caving and eating the bad things that were soothing me emotionally, I would feel, you know, fairly stable And if I wasn't, if I was staying on track and staying on the diet and following, doing what I was, quote, supposed to be doing, then I was a complete mess emotionally. After a few months of watching that pattern happen, I started to clue in. (laughs) It finally occurred to me, holy cow, I think I'm an emotional eater. I truly had no idea until then. So, of course, once I realized that... I did what any rational woman would do when trying to build a lean, perfect body right? I spent the next few years trying to ignore it and willpower my way through it. (laughs) Ha! That was cute and predictably did not work. (laughs) Eventually though, and thankfully, I got to the point in my own journey that I just simply decided enough was enough. In the same way that I had decided years earlier that I was making the changes that I need to to fix, quote, fix my weight problems, this time... I decided no more focusing on the weight problems or what I thought were my weight problems. I decided I was actually going to dig into the things that were causing the problems. I was going to start working on changing the cause of the reason I was struggling with all of these things. And I decided I was going to learn how to change it all. So the mindless and emotional eating, the binge eating, the obsession with my body 
that was fueled by this belief that I was unlovable if I wasn't skinny enough or if I wasn't wrapped in the perfect package, right? The shame and the self-loathing, the constant abusive inner dialogue that left me feeling like the inside of my head was a war zone, all of it. I decided I was going to change all of it. And I'll be honest, the emotional eating took the longest. And it only really stopped probably in the last year or year and a half. But it was a process that slowly just kept improving over time. Like the last couple of years, I was still relying on food a little bit in times of extreme stress or distress. But even when I would, it was in such small amounts that I didn't really care. It wasn't something on my radar that needed to be fixed anymore because I had improved it so much that it wasn't a big deal. But as I kept working and growing and learning and healing, it slowly just kept improving so much that one day late last fall, I kind of realized, you know, I've been, I've survived some pretty painful and difficult things in the last few months without relying on food at all. And as a matter of fact, I realized I couldn't even remember the last time that I had relied on food to deal with with difficult emotions. And see, that's how this whole process of change works. I knew going into my own efforts that there was no end date, only learning and intentionally practicing what I'd learned one moment at a time, one day at a time. And change doesn't happen in one sweeping moment either. We may wake up one morning and realize everything is different, but it happens slowly over time, right? We practice moment by moment, day by day, and slowly over time, the trend sort of starts to just move towards struggling less and less. That's really the solution that everybody wants, but the truth that most people won't tell you because everybody thinks they want a quick fix. So the upside of this process is that slowly, it just sort of gets a little bit better and a little bit easier over time, right? And you feel empowered because you know that you're working on something that has the potential to move you in a different direction rather than feeling like you're stuck and hopeless. That's really what kept me going. So with all of that said, let's really kind of dive into emotion leading a little bit more for you. Like I said, specifically, I I want to talk a little bit about what it is, what it isn't, and what I did to stop. So what it isn't. First of all, it's not a sign of weakness. It is not a character flaw. It is not something to be ashamed of. And it is not a pattern you have to be stuck in forever. So what is it? Well, it's a fairly normal coping strategy that almost everybody relies on at least a little bit at some point in their lives. It's also just another way humans numb out. It's no different than relying on alcohol or drugs or shopping or even mindless, you know, mindlessly scrolling social media or binging on Netflix. And it's also just simply wiring in our brains that over time learns to associate food as the fix for all non-hunger related discomforts or lack of love, fear, connection, uncomfortable emotions, all of those things, right? Think of it simply as a habitual psychological dependence that you can't intentionally control yet because you just haven't learned other ways to manage your emotions. And it can feel super uncontrollable because it actually gets wired into your brain as autopilot actions and reactions. 
When we have no other coping strategies for difficult emotions, it's easy to feel desperate and out of control with food as we try to self-soothe. Our brains have wired reaching for sugar or food in general or whatever as that autopilot fix for anything and everything we experience. That's it. Your brain is just driving that feeling of addiction because it doesn't know any other coping strategy. The thing is, your body knows when it's hungry, though. It knows when it's sufficiently full. It knows what it's feeling, and it sends you signals accordingly. It also knows what makes it feel the best, and it wants to feel good. And so I cannot possibly drive this point home hard enough. Your body doesn't drive you to eat things that make you feel terrible or even feed emotions. It wants to feel good. It doesn't want to overeat things that make it feel like crap just because you had a crappy day. Your body doesn't want to do that. Your brain is driving those choices. It's not a physical dependency. It's a dependency rooted in your brain that's only made worse by feeling like you're physically addicted and trying to abstain to get over it all or trying to ignore it. The reality is for people who struggle the hardest to eat well, like the women that I work with and I used to, we know what we're supposed to be eating, right? We've been told for years what we should or shouldn't be eating. Know what we should or sh- knowing what we should or shouldn't be eating in any given moment isn't the problem. Because trying to force ourselves to stop eating what we shouldn't eat, especially if we're emotional eaters and we're using food to manage emotions, just keeps driving feeling like we can't control ourselves around the food. All the information in the world about what we should or shouldn't eat does absolutely nothing to help change those patterns of behavior around food because we can't make ourselves stick to it because we don't have any other coping strategies, right? And we certainly spend enough time asking ourselves, why do I keep doing this, right? But rarely do we actually do the digging required to actually uncover the answers so that we can learn to stop. But that truly is the key. That's where the power to change it all lies. Understanding why we can't seem to make ourselves stop eating those things. What, like, what exactly we're trying to feed emotionally with food. Um, and changing all of the things going on in our head that's driving it all. That's the answer. But, I mean, we don't do that, right? Instead, we just keep telling ourselves that we're addicted or trying harder to abstain, all of which just feeds the feelings of being addicted and keeping keeps the cycle going forever. Mind-body self-awareness is the key. Emotional regulation is the key. Noticing what are my thoughts saying about food? How are those thoughts making me feel? How do I react as a result of those thoughts? What am I feeling? What am I feeding? Right? And body connection so that you can hear and understand the signals that your body is sending you. More often than not, we become so completely disconnected with our bodies that we don't even know there are emotions going on in them that we are feeding. That was certainly my case. Right? And so body connection and more awareness of your thoughts and yourself. This helps you to be aware of and change both the conscious and subconscious things going on in your head that are driving the reasons why you struggle to listen or even care enough to listen to your body. So as somebody who spent most of her adult life as an emotional eater and has finally learned to change it, 
it's so freeing and glorious to not feel uncontrollably driven to reach for food all the time because I'm scared of what I'm feeling. So the first thing that I did to start learning how to stop was I gave myself permission to do it. And I talk about this permission element a lot. Now, why on earth would I do that when it sounds like the opposite of what we should do? Well, because hating myself for doing it wasn't making it stop. It was only making it worse. Hating yourself is a pretty strong emotion. And what happens to emotions when you're an emotional eater? Well, you feed them, right? So permission was the first step to help stop that nasty little hating myself feeling that drove a lot of the eating that I was doing. Then I got really good at understanding my thoughts and how they were impacting my emotions. And I learned to connect and understand my emotions. And I learned to how to manage or choose to ignore my thoughts. And I also learned how to manage and accept my emotions. I learned how to not be afraid of or controlled by them. I learned that I don't need to judge myself for them. I don't need to judge them. And I don't need to try to force them away. I can just let them be. I can survive giving them the space to just be. And I have the power to choose to feel different ones when it's appropriate if I want to. And I learned to reconnect with and listen to and trust my body to tell me what it needs and when. And I just kept practicing all of those skills until the most glorious freedom. Wouldn't you love to be able to just trust your body to eat and to live without always thinking or worrying about food and trying to micromanage and control your intake? Wouldn't you love to just be able to eat and enjoy a small slice of birthday cake or something and not feel guilty or sick because you ate too much? Wouldn't you love to not have those all-consuming thoughts about food in your head all day every day? Wouldn't you love to stop feeling like you're always trying to willpower your way through your food world? I swear you can. You can get there. And this is how my clients in the Cognitive Eating Academy learn to eat and live. This is what I teach them to do. It's what has changed everything for me and does for them. The CEA teaches you to work with the way your brain is wired. Rather than trying to fight against it with willpower, which we all know never works, or deprivation, it teaches you how to rewire your brain in a way that makes you actually start wanting to reach for less and less crap that makes you feel terrible, in a way that makes you not need to rely on food for soothing every emotion you feel. It teaches you to build connection between your mind and body, to rebuild self-trust in the relationship that you have with food and your body. And so all of these obsessions or feelings of being out of control with food when we're trying to feed everything that's going on in our world, all of that is just gone. And there's never a single food restriction required. If you want to learn more about that, don't miss my website at www.ronniedavis.com. You'll find a link to more information about cognitive eating and the Cognitive Eating Academy there. And in the meantime, start trying to just be with your emotions and see how that feels. What does it feel like to just sit with whatever feeling that is that you're feeling? 
the scarier it feels, the more you need to do it. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.